We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, March 3rd. And you know what we do on Fridays? We fight with each other. Okay, maybe with some, maybe not with each other, but we fight. We fight a bunch. It's fighting Fridays. Talking about the uh, MMA card, the UFC pay per view, UFC, whatever the hell number it is. I don't know why. Why do they continue with numbers? Do you have 285, two something, whatever? I don't, what does it matter? It's a pay-per-view card coming up tomorrow featuring uh, two uh, title fights, 14 fights on the card. So it's a big, big card. And uh, we got uh, the heavyweight championship of the world, the vacant the vacant heavyweight championship because uh, the UFC does not want to pay Francis Ngannou, so they stripped him. So you'll have John Jones returning to the octagon after three years against Cyril Gahn as well as Valentina Shevchenko defending her uh, 125 title. Uh, against uh, Alexa Grasso, and uh, we'll be talking about that, the context of the slate, some strategy. Uh, if you want to get a breakdown of the fights, uh, listen to L- Liam and Mike, okay? They're, they're, they do the Ground and Pound podcast. That's a premium, premium podcast. They also do the expert survey. Liam goes uh, does the breakdowns and picks for the fights and everything, so sign up to Roto Grinders Premium. Get the combo premium. Get 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 NBA. Get MLB, get PGA, get college basketball, get all the projections. Soccer, soccer's tomorrow also, right? EPL, we got EPL tomorrow as well. Go pick that up. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You'll get lineup HQ. You'll get all the projections. You'll get everything. So so do that. Listen to the breakdown of the fights. Because uh, I focus more on the DFS strategy of the slate and less so on uh, uh, necessarily the 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 stylistic matchups of these fights. But uh, before we go over that, give me those thummy thumbs. It helps us out. This is free content. This is like our only free MMA content. So hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button. 
hit the notification bell. Smash the like button. You got to smash it. That's what that's what I see YouTubers say. You got to smash it. Smash the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Pump it up. That's right. Pump up. Pump up the thumbs. Pump it up. Pump it up. Whatever that song is, right? Isn't that an old song? Pump it up. Something. It's something like that. It's some dance song, right? We got Wata Suki Singh is here. Of course, the early birds. Andrew Garcia. Chris Jones. Defic. George St. Pierre is not on the card, Chris Jones. No, he, he's the GOAT, but he's not He's he's not on this card. Uh, but who is on this card, okay? When we're breaking down a DFS, the DFS strategy for an MMA slate, that we have to understand the context. Before you start building lineups, if you're going to go through lineup construction, understand the, the likelihood of what the nut lineup is going to look like. Because obviously, with, the, with <coughs> a limited amount of options, Especially in large field GPP, we're we're kind of look we're looking for the nut lineup, the best possible lineup for the slate. The six winners, most likely, the six fighters that combine together is the highest possible score. Uh, and in smaller field stuff, you may not need the nut lineup to win, but you're pretty much aiming for it. So we got we got 14 fights on the card. Uh, the the two main things when it comes to the context of a card, as far as, far as lineup construction is concerned, for the nut lineup is the size of the card and then the disparity between the fighters, okay? I'm giving you the two thumbs, so hit the thumbs up button as I do that, okay? So on a large card compared to a small card. So we have a 14-fight card. Now compare that to a like a 10 or 11-fight card. Now in a 14-fight card, uh, there's more opportunity, more fighters to choose from, which means more likelihood that the highest scoring fighters. I know it's, this sounds it sounds weird to say. More likely that the higher scorer fighters make the nut lineup. And it's like, well, obviously the higher scoring lineups make the high highest scoring fighters make the nut lineup. It's like, yeah, the higher ceiling fighters. Okay, so like if you're on like a, a ten, let's say a ten fight card, well, you need six. We pretty much need six winners. So it's quite possible that a guy that gets eighty six points for eighty two hundred makes the nut lineup, right, on a 10-fight card because there aren't that many fighters to choose from. Now there's four more fights. Now there's eight more fighters. It's more and more likely that you should be aiming for 100 points in your wins, right? Playing a 10-fight card, getting six winners is good. If you can just get six winners, you're going to be close to the nut lineup. On a 14-fight card, six winners alone, if you get six fighters that all score 85, you may not be, you, may, you probably won't be good when, when a bunch of them score 100 as well. Okay, so on a larger card, you're going to prioritize ceiling more than, than win probability. Okay? So even though there may be some underdogs that, you know, we, we'll get into the disparity. There's some underdogs that don't have the best win probability, but have better ceiling outcomes. And the same thing for some of the favorite fighters, where... You know, getting getting an, an 8K fighter in the mid-range that scores like 78 points, that's that's not going to be very useful to you, right? Looking for the nut lineup. On a smaller card, maybe, maybe that works. On a larger card, it's less likely to work. And then you have to look at the disparity of fighters. Because DraftKings will price the fighters based on their money lines pretty linearly from slate to slate. 
right? You have some nine, the nine K fighters are the biggest favorites. The mid eight Ks are like the mid, like two to ones, one and a half to ones. And then towards the middle is like the pickums. Uh, but it, but that they'll, they'll price it like that. No matter what the money line odds are, we have slates where the highest price fighter is still only a minus two twenty favorite. That's the biggest favorite on the slate, a two to one favorite, three to one favorite. There are also slates where the 9K fighters are like five to one favorites, six to one favorites. When we get the, there, are, there are mid range fighters that are still three to one favorites. Big disparities between the favorites and the underdogs. Now, in the context of, of a slate where the fighters are big disparities between the fighters. Well, that means it's less likely that underdogs win, right? Less underdogs are likely to win. I'm not saying, hey, on this slate, eight, eight underdogs could win, right? But it's less likely. Okay, so as the disparity of the fighters gets wider and wider, the more and more likely that the winning lineup, the nut lineup, is going to spend most, if not all, of the salary. You're going to get 9K fighters that put up 120-plus points. You're going to find the one dog that may put up 100 and that may that that's it. There you go. You may only have one or two underdogs that win on the entire slate. So just getting an underdog winner and the highest scoring, you know, four favorites, that's what the nut lineup is more likely to look like on a slate where the disparity between fighters is large. The disparity between fighters is small. If like the highest price fighter is only a two to one favorite, right? And, and you have like six mid-range fights that are nearly pick them. Well, it's quite possible Then underdogs are more now more likely than underdogs win, right? You may get four or five underdogs winning, and some of them may be even putting up more than 100 points. So in a slate like that, where the disparity of fighters is smaller, the nut lineup is more and more likely to leave money on the table. Now, it's still more likely that it spends most of the money, but on a slate where the fights are quite even, a 48K lineup, a 48-5 lineup has a decent amount of, 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 of first place equity. On a slate like tomorrow, where if we take a look at my, my odd sheet right here. I mean, let's, let's take a look at these odds. I mean, Bo Nickel at 9,600 is minus 1,700. Now, these are the odds from two days ago, and I know some of them have moved a little bit. Bo Nickel, minus 1,700. Valentina Shevchenko, minus 750. Ian Gary, seven minus seven hundred. Rachmanov minus five hundred. Basharat minus four sixty. Then we have like Rods. I can't even pronounce his name. Loic Loic Radzabov. We have Radzabov, Ricci, Simon. Those are all like three to one favorites. Duplessis and Gamrod are two to one favorites. Like until you get to like Garbrandt in the eighty five hundred dollar range, you don't get to like a sixty three percent win percentage. I mean, look, eighty six hundred and above is kind of like. 70% win percentage and above, right? 70 to 90, 94% win probability. And this is this is disregarding even the, the ITD lines. Like it's so, it's so much more likely that not many underdogs on this slate will win. And with the disparity between the fights, a seven to one favorite is more likely to destroy the underdog, right? So we're going to probably see Bo Nickel minus 510 inside the distance. Shevchenko, minus 135 inside the distance. Ian Gary, minus 175 inside the distance. Rachmanov, minus 160 inside the distance. Duplessis, minus 110. Simon, plus 145. Radzibov, plus 140. Basharat, plus 180. 
right? And we have a lot. Of, we also have a lot of guys on on this. Uh, a lot of a lot of fighters on this card that are that are grappling oriented. So that just increases the ceiling of some of these fights. So, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking, I'm going to make a lineup at least fifteen hundred on the table. Like, good luck to you. Good luck. It's going to be that's going to be a very low low probability. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's much more likely that these some of these nine k fighters smash. And just having the right combination of the right fighters with the like the one dog that does well or two dogs that win. And at that at in these types of slates, even the underdogs, like I, I prioritize winning. So I'd like either you're prioritizing ceiling or winning. Right? If you're prioritizing one of the two, I think you're fine. In the middle, maybe not so much. So this is the context of a slate. Like this is before we even looked at the fights and what the ownership is and everything like that. Just we have a lot of a lot of nine k guys. I mean, even down to like Cameron Simon is eighty eight hundred and 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 a, over a three to one favorite. Duplessis. I mean, we we have slates where Duplessis minus two thirty uh, money line minus one ten inside the distance. He would be like the ninety four hundred dollar fighter. Right, it would be like that, but on this slate, no. This slate, he's, he's he's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, he's like he's the the seventh or eighth biggest favorite, instead of being like the first or second biggest favorite. So, how does that affect lineup construction? Well, I mean, you have Bo Nickel, who is a ridiculous favorite. Like, if you if I I think the if you're going to build for cash games, I think some people may try to double stack the two main events, the two the two title fights. And then it's going to get very easy, right? If you do, if you do something like that, John Jones, right? I, I think there'll be people that have this lineup. This is for cash games. You would never do this in GPPs. Nickel Shevchenko, right? Nick Shevchenko Grasso, Gon Jones, and then you have Nickel and Araujo, Viviane Araujo in the the Rebos Araujo fight, the eighty three hundred seventy nine hundred dollar fight. Just understand, obviously, that you pretty much need, you need, I mean, Nickel, I can't see Nickel losing. Just a matter of how many points he scores. And then Arujo winning. And then then you're, you're pretty much fine. Shevchenko Grasso. Shevchenko Grasso, I mean, that that's more likely to go like three, four, five rounds. Even the Gon Jones, like these these two title fights are actually favored to to go the distance, uh, which is which is good for for I mean point scoring, but I think there are there are a lot of high priced there are a lot of high priced fighters on the slate that could that totally could could destroy. So like this is a this is a, from a cash perspective. I think a lot of people are going to build like if they build with the main event in mind. If they're gonna double if they're gonna double the main event, right? They're gonna just like like Shevchenko and Cyril God or something like that. Or Shevchenko and Jones. Like these Shevchenko Jones lineups are very hard to really get Bo Nickel in, unless you play one of the big underdogs. You play like Jeff Neal or 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 Esteban Ribovics or something like that. Like if you did that, right? You still, I mean, still the average remaining player salary is seventy seven hundred. Like if you try to get Bo Nickel in the, these types of lineups, I mean, you're gonna have to pretty go down to like Derek Brunson and then Arujo or something like that. Like in order to get like Shevchenko and Nickel together, and and Jones or Gone or something, you're I mean, 
Those are the only two non-K fighters you're playing. I mean, you're not going to be able to do anything else. And I'm not sure how many underdogs win on this slate. So these Nikol-Shevchenko lineups, to me, I mean, it's really hard. It's going to be hard to get different with Nikol-Shevchenko because, I mean, your average, unless you're going for like, you know, the song Kanan beats Ian Gary or something, you know, one of the really big underdogs. I mean, I guess it's doable, but that's kind of what you'd need to do. And then I think the Jones, see the thing, the thing about these two championship fights is that based on the context of the slate, here's a hot take. It's not really a hot take because it has nothing to do with like the fights. But if we, if we look back at all the, all the slates, okay, just to give you the, I don't like being like trend oriented. But if you look back at all of the UFC DFS slates for on DraftKings that have two five-round fights, okay? And then what makes the nut lineup? More often than not, more than 50% of the time, it's one. One of the one of the main, one of the main. Not two, but one. Then the second most likely is two. Then the third most likely is zero. Okay, so there's been a whole ton. There's been, let's just say, there's 15. I mean, I've looked at it. Like 15, 15 cards with two five-round fights. Like 10 of those, like 10, nine, probably like nine of those 15, one main event, one five-round fighter was in the nut lineup. And then like five or two main event fighters or five-round fighters in the nut lineup. And one was neither. Maybe it's a hot take, but I think this is this is one of the slates where neither make the nut lineup. Now, if you're playing small field GPP, like, okay, you don't necessarily need to make the nut lineup. But if you just take a look at, at the style of fights and the pricing. So the easy one is Shevchenko, okay? Shevchenko wins with a third round submission and Grasso keeps first and second round on, on the feet decently enough. Shevchenko scores like, 88 points, 85 points at 9,400. Ain't that ain't going to be, that ain't going to be optimal. Right now. Shevchenko could go out and, 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 and dominate Grasso and wrestle her to the ground for four minutes of control for four rounds or all five rounds and, and put up 130 points, 140 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible also. But if this stays on its feet, uh, the fight stays on its feet enough and Shevchenko even gets a finish in the second or third round. I'm not even sure that he pays off 9,400. Obviously, if Grasso wins at, at 6,800, I mean, probably going to be optimal, right? At 6,800, what win? A 70-point decision win may be fine. I'm not sure there would be a 70-point decision win. But Shevchenko, there are many paths for Shevchenko to not be optimal. Still, there are paths for Chev- for Valentina to put up 105, 110 points and not be optimal, right? She puts up 110, but like Basharat puts up 115 and Nickel puts up 140. Rachmanoff could put up 110 for a cheaper. Ian Gary could knock the knock Keenan, out, Keenan Song out. A quick win bonus, 125. Duplessis could, that's a quick win. There's a quick win bonus. Cameron Simon could wrestle uh, Mano Martinez to the ground for three rounds and put up 120 points. Like there, it's not a matter of does Shevchenko do well. It's just that 
There's a lot of Gamrot. Gamrot could have 10 takedowns against Jalen Turner. Who knows? Tabula look the Ricci Penny fight. That's probably going to be a grappling fight, also. I'm not sure if they, either either of them get a, gets a finish. But there's just a lot of fighters. Look look how many fighters are wrestlers on the slate. Nickel, obviously, one of one of if not the best collegiate wrestler ever. Rachmanoff, he's he's a grappler. Basharat grappler. Radzabov grappler. Ricci grappler. Simon's kind of in the middle. He's just aggressive. Duplessis isn't. But he can, I guess. I mean, it's probably, it probably, if the fight's on the ground, probably Derek Brunson is winning the fight. Gamrot's a grappler. Gody Garbrandt should be, should wrestle against Trevin Jones. If he, if he had, he has no chin. He's got, he better wrestle. John Jones better wrestle. But who knows? Who knows what John Jones does? Rebus Aruo are both, I mean, these are all like, even like Barrio and Marquez. There may be some grappling there. Maybe not as much as some other fights, but I don't think that's completely a stand-up affair. I think the only, like, pure striking matchup is, like, Ian Gary. Gary, Keenan Song, but, I mean, that could end up on the mat also. So there's a lot of opportunity for for fighters to score a lot of points. And if Valentina Shevchenko is going to be 40-plus percent owned, like, okay, she puts up 100 points. That, That may not be good enough. I mean, it may be good enough to win your small field GP. Oh, yeah, okay. You got 100 points. I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. But if you're playing large field GPP, I mean, that may not be optimal. And then we have the, then we have the John Jones-Cyril Gon fight. Now, the thing about the John Jones-Cyril Gon fight is that it's cheaper. It's 8,400, 7,800. The problem here is that I don't know what the ceilings are on, on these fighters. If you told me that John Jones was going to come out and wrestle effectively, then I think John Jones is the favorite. And I'd much rather play John Jones, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, that's what he should do, right? But I mean, even three years, even three years, the fights that John Jones had three years ago weren't particularly impressive. And now he's moving up a weight class. And it's not like it's not like he's facing a bum. Cyril Gunn's a great fighter. But of course, like if on the feet, like John Jones, I, I don't think John Jones knocks Cyril gone out. I think John Jones is much better off trying to take him down because we've we've seen that Cyril gone is not necessarily the best on the bottom. So this fight could, I mean, this fight, I think, I mean, it's favorite, it's favored to go to the distance. It's favored to, to to go to decision. How many points do these people how many points do these fighters score even in a decision? Like if Cyril gone, it's just if it's if it's a stand-up fight with no knockdowns, what? How many how many strikes strikes is gone gonna have? Maybe he scores 80. Right? 7,800, that isn't horrible for 80, right? Because not many underdogs are probably gonna win on this this card. What's John Jones gonna score in a decision win? What about the same? Maybe a little bit more because he tries to wrestle more. So, like, I see the ceiling of the Jones gone fight to be much lower. The only the the only benefit is that it's also cheaper. It's 8,400, 7,800. But I th- also think it's going to be very popular. I think, you know, 60, 65% of total ownership is going to be on this fight. I think Jones is going to be more popular than gone from an ownership perspective. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think because of those two reasons that it's 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 easy, it's quite easy to see John John Jones. What happens if John Jones does wrestle him and, and submit Cyril Gunn in the third round? Okay, great. He scored eighty three points or something, something like that. At eighty four hundred, like, dude, Julie Marquez could knock out Mark Andre Barrio in the first round. I mean, like, there are, there. Are, Viriana Arajo could have a three-round decision with five takedowns and a bunch of control time and end up outscoring both of them and have 95 points, right? You have Garbrandt, Gamrod, Duplessis, Simon. you got all these other guys. Jalen Turner could knock that knock Gamrod out. Brunson could wrestle wrestle Duplessis for three rounds. Mana Martinez, Simon, Simon is kind of a bit reckless. Mana Martinez could just, uh, Simon comes in over-aggressive and then Mana Martinez knocks him out in the first round. Jessica Penny. Ties up a submission against Ricci. I mean, there's just so many, so many fighters on the slate. Trevin Jones, just Car- Cody Garbrandt, right? Cody Garbrandt, no chin. Garbrandt comes in. Trevin Jones, one punch, one hitter quitter, which I don't, I'm not sure if he has that much power, but I mean, whatever. He's he better. He only throws like two strikes a minute. Garbrandt gets knocked down. It just seems that there's just so many fighters around here that unless, unless there's an early finish in the Gun Jones fight or there's a lot of action, a lot, especially if Jones like wrestle wrestles. It's hard to see that it's worth the ownership. All these other fights are so much lower owned than the, the main event. And I think the Shevchenko Grasso fight is more. It's not a matter of do I, I can Grasso win? I guess so. I mean, I I, I thought Talia Santos beat Shevchenko. Uh, I mean, it was close enough, but I think Talia Santos deserved. Uh, against Shevchenko the lat the in the in the last fight. But I I don't think I don't think Grasso beat Shevchenko. I did just like you have to be an elite striker. I mean and, and once Grasso goes to the ground she's I mean she's pretty much dead. So to me it's not a matter of does Valentina win. It's a matter of how many points does she score. I mean the same thing with Bo Nickel, right? Bo Nickel is going to come down to does he get the quick wing bonus or not? Right, because I mean the 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 under like one and a half in this is like minus three hundred or something. 
but he's 9,600. So like, dude, if, if he, if he takes him down twice and submits him and scores 107 points, like that ain't good for 9,600 for the nut lineup. So even nickel may be over. I don't, I don't know how he's not, he may not be over owned because he's just so expensive that it's going to be hard for you to fit in. People are going to want to play nickel Shevchenko and it's, it, it, really tough to do and the people that do are going to be just funneled to very similar lineups so to me i'm looking more to like i would see a lineup like based on, on my my metrics here right maybe if you don't play the main event either five round fight which is scary to do it's i'm telling you it is scary to do so let's say you play bow nickel right and you want to kind of maybe you're avoiding some of these these underdogs. So maybe 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 the lowest underdog maybe you play Derek Brunson against against leverage against because Duplessis's ownership should be high because his ITD line is good for his price. So let's say you play Derek Brunson and hope and hope to God that he doesn't he doesn't wear out after five minutes and doesn't get into he comes in for a takedown with his chin up and he and he doesn't get clocked. All right, so now you have 82-25, right? You're trying to maybe play Arujo, Arujo here. Nickel, Brunson, Arujo, you got 83-33. It's, it's still tough to get to these 9K fighters, right? When you're playing Bo Nickel, right? 83-33. I mean, it's just like, who, who are you playing down here? I mean, play Marquez. I mean, what can you get there? 8,500. Right, you could. It's still, it's still very. Look, I'm trying to even get in the mid range, and it's hard to build lineups with Bo Nickel and get another nine K fighter. Right, even if we took like someone like Basharat or Rads Radzabov, or someone like that. Right, if we took like Basharat, Farid Basharat. Right, seventy nine thirty three. I mean, I almost don't want to touch some of these underdogs. I'm going to take Penny against. Well, Penny's my girl. I won one hundred twenty thousand on her. So maybe we throw Penn, Jessica Penne in. And you still have 82 fifths. I mean, it's still really tough. You can you put Arujo there and then 8,600 for Gamrod? I mean, I guess this is doable. Like these are the types, I guess like these are the types of lineups that I'd be leaning towards. And hey, if you want to take out Bo Nickel and put in Shevchenko instead, if you want to play, you know, a, a God instead of Arujo, okay. You'll be, you'll, it, you'll more likely to be a little bit more duplicated. But I'll be looking more more towards these types of lineups. It's quite possible. It's quite. I'm playing nine lineups tomorrow. It's quite possible that none. See the thing. It's quite possible none of my lineups have Valentina in it. But it's possible that I may have some Cyril gone only because of price. Like that's the only. Like it's 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 not. I'd rather just fade the the main event. But I think at the price, like I could, I could see myself getting to Cyril Gunn. Maybe not John Jones. Maybe I play Rebus or Garbrandt or someone like that instead. But down in the, if I need a seven, like, do I want Araujo in all my lineups? Maybe not. Do I want Trevor Jones and his lack of volume? Maybe I'm more likely to play Jalen Turner or Derek Brunson. I mean, these underdogs are not very good. I mean, once you get down to the bottom, I mean, like Jamie, like, good luck, Jamie Pickett. Good luck, Song Kanan. Jeff Neal is a name, but I I think Rachmanov takes care of him fairly easily. 
Damon Blackshear has no cardio. Esteban Rebovix is a, you know, he's a newcomer. Right? I guess he's a power puncher, but if he's going to be owned, do I want to have $7,200 guy? I mean, what's his odds? Plus 220. Plus, I mean, he has a decent inside the distance line, right? Plus 320. But it's going to come based on like a first round knockout or bust kind of kind of fighter. Maybe I play him. I don't know. But it's just, it's hard to build lineups. I want to build lineups, if I can, with two 9K fighters that people are less likely to play. That combination, right? Even without nickel, right? You play you play a you know a lineup with like Basharat, Radzibov, like that type of lineup. With no main event, right? You don't play Simon or Duplay. Maybe you play Brunson. Like I'm, this would be ultra leverage, right? You play Brunson there against a popular uh, Duplessis. And maybe you play against Simon also. You play Mana Martinez, leverage against Simon. You still got 8,500 here, right? You can still play an Araujo and then 9,100. Maybe you don't play Araujo. You play Trevin Jones, play Julian Marquez. 9,000 left. Play Tabitha Ricci. No, I guess you could do that. Play MAB, 8,800. I mean, you could do something like this. Play Gamrod against Turner or something. Or you play Turner. Play Turner down here, and then you play... You could play. This is a Shevchenko lineup. I can see, I can see him play, playing a lineup like this with Shevchenko. 50K lineup. Shevchenko, Basharat, Radzibov, Brunson, Turner, Martinez. You could do some. I mean, these three nine K lineups. It's just that that the underdogs, like three underdog winners on the slate. I'm not sure. I think the most likely outcome is two dogs win on this slate. Right. So if I'm going to play underdogs, maybe only play two of them. Having three nine K fighters and three seven K fighters, I'm not sure if that. I mean, yeah, it could work out. But I think it's a little less likely. IO22 says I like Loic at 9,000 at low ownership. No, yeah, I mean, I Loic, Basharat, Rachmanov, I mean, like, I think everyone in between Gary and Ricci is going to be lower owned. I think Rachmanov may be the, the, the highest owned out of that bunch. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that they, they both have high, I mean, these are wrestlers. That These guys have 100 plus point ceilings. Daniel Hutchings says, if you have a lineup without Bo, you're mostly just betting that the optimal can't fit him in with the salary. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I kind of said the same thing with Shevchenko as well. Like Bo Nickel is, I mean, it's, come on. It, it, his implied probability of winning inside the distance is 84% with the, with the VIG attached to it. In the first, he's minus 195 first round odds. Okay, 66%, including the VIG. So it just comes down to, essentially, does Bo Nickel put up enough points that he fits in the optimal lineup? But with all these wrestlers underneath with Shevchenko and Rachmanov and Basharat and Radzibov and Simon and Duplessis and Gamrod, and I mean, like, it just, it feels like, feels like Bo Nickel could put up 120 points, 120, and not make the optimal. Only because 
there are two people underneath them that put up 125 or 100 or put, or put up 118 and just don't spend then are 600 cheaper right bo nickel puts up 120 at 9600 but Razabov puts up 118 at 9000 and even though bo nickel is like the like the third highest scoring fighter on the slate actually you can't you can't fit him in doesn't matter you couldn't even fit him in anyway that's really what it comes down to. But for his for his odds, I mean, he's the highest ceiling and the highest floor on the slate. But, I mean, you're paying for him. So, you got any questions about the UFC slate? Post them in the YouTube chat. I'll be updating this. We'll be uh, updating our ownership and everything on uh, Lineup HQ, Moneyball. Moneyball! Moneyball takes care of that. Uh, they'll have the expert survey up. And the Ground and Pound podcast for premium members. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think this is a pretty good card. I, I actually think this is a pretty good card. Entertainment-wise, as well as from, from a from a from a from a DFS perspective. But if you if you have the balls, if you have the balls, if you have the balls, I I I think they're they I think a lineup with neither. With no five round fight fights in it, is going to be lower owned for its probability of being the nut lineup. I think if you have the balls, you would play a lineup with neither five round fight in it. Does that mean it wins? No, I just think that that it would be it would be a plus EV move. I think that if you, if you were if if I were to build 150 lineups. And I had the balls. I'd X out both main event, both five round fights, and then just build build 50K, 49, eight plus lineups of all of them. Like that. And then if, you know, John Jones comes out and decides to wrestle and looks good and ends up with 105 points for uh, 8,400, then you just lose all your money, right? If Shevchenko goes and puts up 135 points, you, you, you're dead. I think compared to the ownership, I think there's 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 more more than better chance on this specific card with these specific fighters that we have fighters that could beat out Nickel and Shevchenko and Jones and Gone. But there's just there's just there's people. Gam, I mean, Gamrock could put up 130 points on his own at 8600. He'll chain wrestle Jalen. I mean, he get 12 takedowns. 10 minutes of control time. And he wins in a decision. There you go. You're done. Because even at these price range, Duplessis can get a quick win bonus over Derek Brunson. Cameron Simon could, could completely destroy Mana Martinez. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so many just so many ways for people that are underneath Nikol and Shevchenko to score a lot more points than them. Other cards, I wouldn't say that. Other cards, I look at these fighters and go, I, what, what's... What are these guys going to do? What's Jeff Molina going to do? I mean, like nothing. But on this card, I think people are going to be attracted to playing one of Nikola Shevchenko and then one of Simon or Duplessis, right? Play Jones or Gone in their lineup. Pick one of these underdogs and then they're like Ribovic or something. And there you go. That's going to be duplicate. So that's my thoughts. My thoughts. On the UFC card, UFC, whatever the number it is, whatever number it is, 285? I think it's 285. I think so. I don't keep track. 
I don't keep track of the numbers. But if you want more, obviously, sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Combo Premium, get everything, right? We got baseball coming back. Don't you want baseball, MLB, college, college basketball, XFL. I mean, look, we got everything. What have we got in here, right? NBA, NHL, soccer, NASCAR, LOL, college basketball, tennis, golf, Madden Sims. You want Madden Sims projection on, on DK? Come here, combo premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. I'll be playing nine lineups tomorrow in this UFC card. I'll be playing EPL soccer. We, we got projections for that as well tomorrow morning. So hopefully I have good luck tomorrow. Send in your questions. Send in your questions. If you have a topic, DFS strategy topic that you, you'd like to discuss, you have questions about, you could always email them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. They do shape the shows I do throughout the week. So send them in and I will cover it. I will answer anything that you'd like. That's what I do here. That's what I do here. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.